My name is Adam Eberhardt, and you are listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Emerald Podcast Network. My name is Frankie Benitez. I'm a news reporter at the Daily Emerald, and today we're going to be talking about BMCS, and I'm here with... Evan Schlesinger, current body president of BMCS. And uh, Henna Peterson, uh, current uh, non-com of BMCS. BMCS stands for Belagarth Medieval Combat Society. It's a internationally recognized sport, very similar to what you see with rugby and fencing, football, hockey teams even. And it's an internationally recognized sport that follows a very strict uh, code of rules that we follow as strictly as any other professional football player or college athlete would follow. What it, does medieval combat mean? Like swords and shields? What's going on there? So when a lot of people walk by, they immediately associate us with LARPs or live action role players. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, if you take into fact that we're a bunch of college students and we can't afford to all have you know, giant suits of steel armor that's hand-tooled to fit our specific body types. Um, it makes it quite clear materials-wise that we're going to bring it back to using foam rather than live steel or wooden uh, just for protection bases. But we have people who intentionally build weapons to be analogous in weight, in handling, and in shape in some cases to their real-world counterparts. So is it competitive? Are there teams? How do you win? Okay. So the basic idea of Belagarth is you practice with your realm. So a realm is a local meeting. You meet every practice. And in a way, you can win, but not win in general. That's kind of like going to a convention and saying, well, did you win the convention? Uh, it's the same kind of idea. When you go to an event, uh, we usually split up into either a free-for-all format. Everybody circles up on the field. We call Leon, which means the uh, fight has begun. And everybody fights until there's only one person left. And alternatively, there are team battles where you'll have um, from anywhere from two teams of two players to two teams of like 36. The biggest field battle I was on was uh, about 100 people versus 100 people. And uh, that was exceptionally uh, just insane. It was very much like being in a in a war movie or, uh, let's say, Battle of Helm's Deep, if any of the viewers have seen Lord of the Rings. What kind of weapons do you guys use? So we're only really limited by two factors. You have safety and you have usability. So let's say that I want to make a big sword because I like big swords. I like big swords that hit people really hard. Well, safety-wise, we have to make sure that they're built up to our very strict safety policy using the correct materials. Uh, for most of our padding, we use a foam that's analogous to camping pad. And then for our stabbing tips, we use a pad. Uh, sometimes we literally cut up yoga pad. A lot of people who make weapons on their own will be use, will have giant rolls of camp pad and rolling pad. And for the cores of our weapons, we usually have a carbon fiber shaft about 25 uh, or one-fourth inch in diameter. Do either of you have a favorite weapon to use? Oh, yes. Uh, so how many favorite weapons? If It goes from a list from least usable but fun to I'm going to wreck everybody on the field kind of uh, weapons. So 
I would say from my most silly weapon is this tiny little knife. Uh, I believe Anna can tell you the special name for this. Its name is Booter Knife. And for a lot of our fighters, we don't really name our weapons because it's a sword. It's not magical or anything. It's a sword. It does cutty things. Um, for example, I have a shield that has a design that's referencing Steven Universe. I love that show. Uh, but I don't have a name for it. It's just Evan's Buckler. So when a weapon gets a name, it has to have a special kind of quality. And Booter Knife, it kind of exemplifies that quality. It's a very unassuming thing to bring on the field. It's roughly the size of, let's say, a popsicle stick. And you hold it in your hand, and it has a floral cover on it, which is highly unusual compared to a lot of the weapons. They have basic colors like grays and blacks or browns and uh, reds even. And I can only stab with it. So that limits me as a fighter, and I find that very fun and uh, very fun to use and uh, just ridiculous. But uh, in the whole serious point where I, like, I want to go on the field and I want to be serious that day, um, I'll either take out a giant two-handed spear or use a, a one-handed club and a shield. What about you? And um, I, I prefer um, just like a little rock because I'm a non-com, <laughs> which is... It translates to non-combatant, so I don't actually fight. Um, I'm just there to like help out, and uh, I have gear that actually looks nice. Whereas the fighters, um, they don't really get to do that because um, their their gear gets messed up a lot of the times. So generally, fighter gear uh, ranges from black to brown, mostly because we've been rolling in the mud and washing it. So most of our gear kind of looks like crud. Yeah, whereas mine is like blue with gold embroidery and. So I can have a lot more fun with that. But I, I use a rock, which is um, essentially like a little um, four four inch in diameter. Yeah, a four inch in diameter uh, sphere of fabric with a uh, cloth or wool or uh, craft foam interior. And the only way to kill somebody with a rock is to hit them in the face. It's very much, it's a lot nicer than getting hit in the face with a dodgeball. <laughs> Um, because a dodgeball is just a rubber inflated ball of pain. Well, these rocks, it's pretty much throwing a small pillow at somebody. So no one's going to get hurt from a rock anytime soon. Yeah. And then my rock is, it looks like a tomato. So I get to throw tomatoes at people, which is fun. So why did you decide to be a non-com and how many people are there like that? Um, when you go to bigger events, um, like the one we went to last weekend, um, there's actually quite a few um, non-coms, um, but mainly um, here at the U of O, um, there's mainly just fighters. Um, so, and I chose to be a non-com because um, I uh, I don't have very strong um, arms, or uh, and I broke my ankle uh, when I was a senior in high school. So I just just out of like personal like safety. So how was that event this weekend? Where'd you guys go? What did you do? Who did you see? Okay, so uh, we're going to both explain kind of our experiences because we had dramatically different experiences. So we both ended up going to this event called Western Wars. It's an annual event, and you have a, the running joke is that it's the high school reunion of veteran Bellagarth fighters. They usually come from anywhere from Southern California up to Washington. Last year, there was a gentleman from all the way from Ireland who flew out. Uh, you have people who do the heavy armored fighting, which isn't part of our sport, but is a, I would say, adjacent sport to us. 
and uh, we have a couple of gentlemen who are with the United States team who join us. But as this is sort of like a yearly camp out. It's a roughly four days. We left on Thursday and we got there Thursday evening, set up camp and immediately just went to bed after saying hello to people. Uh, and then the next day on Friday morning, we all got up, we made breakfast and for most of us, we split into two crews. We have camp crew who makes sure that campsite is cleaned up. And then we have the people who wake up and go check weapons. And so weapons check is one of the most diligent and I would, I would say boring parts of the sport. Uh, pretty much we have to inspect every single weapon to make sure they're up to our build quality and they're safe to use. And, you know, they adhere to the rules. So someone doesn't come in with uh, yeah, one horror story I heard was someone who was not part of the sport walked onto a field with an actual real sword, uh, live steel, which is a no, no. in doesn't matter what sport you're doing. That's no. Uh, and that sword was covered in a layer of camp pad. So that would be uh, an automatic fail if anybody. <laughs> uh, we, we take our safety as seriously as, you know, a football player. You know, someone's walking around with, a let's say, a spike hanging out of their uh, knee brace or something. Uh, a referee is going to want to point that out and be like, no, you can't have a spike in your knee brace. And pretty much what I did for most of the event was I helped out with camp. I ate a lot. I, uh, during the nighttime, there's a huge party scene and I got to socialize with a lot of people who I really get to see outside of events. And, um, I had a lot of fun. My dad was able to join in for a brief time and I got to see my dog and, uh, it was a, I would say a really amazing experience. Yeah. Um, for me, like, like Evan said, it was a really amazing experience. Um, just to be able to go out and camp in the middle of this beautiful gorgeous park and there was a like a, a river running through it and you could always hear it and so that was really really beautiful and there was a little park trail that you could go and walk in the woods and that was really cool and I met I met a lot of um, uh, really amazing like-minded people which you know sometimes you don't always get to do that um, just because we're so focused on school and you know we're just deep into schoolwork. And so that was really nice, just being able to get out there and just meet all these cool people. So can anyone join in if they want to? And how can they if they? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so um, we meet every Sunday at um, 2 p.m. Behind the night library, we usually go till 5. That's our official fighter practice. We have a very lively Facebook community. And actually, we're having elections this weekend. So if you come in real early to our practice, you'll be able to see kind of what the background of the realm is like and uh, who to go to, who's in charge of what. And uh, it's actually really interesting to see how our realm is set up because of um, in comparison to a lot of other realms, it's usually one or two people who are in charge. But we like to spread around the responsibility because no one should be in, no one person should be in charge of it because it's a lot of work to actually maintain the realm make sure that all of our weapons are safe and make sure that, you know, if there's any drama on the field, that it doesn't make its way off the field and vice versa. And I promise we're, we're not as scary as we look. Yeah. So come out, say hi. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a good time. And if you want to join the club, all you need to do is show up. We bring the gear. I would strongly suggest not wearing jeans. Please wear pants, though. Don't don't take that. Uh, please. We will not fight you if you're walking up in a T-shirt and underwear. That's just gross anywhere. Um, your choice, but if you show up, expect to be getting a little bit physical. There is grappling, there is shield bashing, there is shield kicking. 
all of which are highly regulated and we only use those in upon very specific circumstances and all that you need to do is just show up we'll give you the gear and we'll tell you how and we'll teach you how to use it appropriately and accurately and be as effective as you want to be so what's the difference between what y'all do and larping i've heard you guys get really annoyed when people call you the larping club so I don't know if anybody listening could uh, audibly hear my eyes rolling upon in my skull. Uh, we get called LARPers a lot. And I will say that there are a couple group of people, you know, significant amounts of people. You join in, you're wearing medieval clothing. It's not really an emphasis of the group. I would say it's more about the socialization and uh, the combat. For instance, in a LARP, your abilities kind of transfer in and out of combat. So let's say you're an elf, you're able to do these crazy magic spells. In our sport, if let's say you call yourself the Elf King, I'm just a dude with a maze. Like the fact that you're an Elf King does not change the fact that I'm probably going to hit you with my mace and you're gonna lose this fight. Um, unlike in LARPs where it's like, oh, I'm facing the Elf King. He has more hit points or they have more hit points than me. So I need to, me and my buds need to all circle up and try to womp on this guy. Um, and that doesn't really necessarily translate that much. I mean, there are specialty game modes where we call knights and peasants, where the knights are given this arbitrary armor where they can survive longer than a peasant which are limited in equipment and health yeah um larping is more so story based and uh very much like a campaign of dungeons and dragons whereas um uh, belgarth is very much a sport rather than a um a dnd sort of game yeah which doesn't necessarily mean that you can't larp i'm just saying that if you try to romance someone on the opposite team good luck to you friend <laughs> What is that name about, Belagarth? What does that even mean? So I've heard about 20 different translations of what Belagarth means, and everybody claims to be correct. But in my head canon, I believe that uh, it's a reference to an area of people in a Tolkien work. I want to say that it's from The Hobbit or from the Lord of the Rings series, and it roughly translates to Land of the Others or Land of the Warriors or Other People. So there's a lot of different translations because you're translating it from one fantasy language to English. So there's some there's some mix ups, but that's what I'm generally working with. Well, if anyone out there has a the urge and the need to go and hit other people with foam swords, I would highly suggest joining these guys because it looks like so much fun. But I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. You just heard us talk about Belagarth Medieval Combat Society. And again, I'm Frankie Benitez. You can follow me on Twitter on Zero It's Frankie Zero. And my name's Evan. Please come and find us behind the night library on Sundays from 2 to 5. It's been a pleasure, Frankie. And this is Henna signing off. If you liked what you heard here, you can find more Emerald podcasts on our website, dailyemerald.com. Or you can subscribe to Emerald Media on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.